What up, what it do, and what's good, people? Another weekend behind us. What a weekend. Look, you will never forget where you were when. You will never forget where you were when the Twin Towers were hit. You will never forget where you were when your team won the championship. You will never forget where you were when Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. You will never forget where you were when our world was put on notice. That injustice and police brutality is not okay. We have voices. We have voices that must be heard. And if we sit in silence, nothing will ever ever change. So I say to you today, speak up. Don't be silent because we can't help change the world on mute. If you don't know, you have tuned into another exciting episode of Talk the Talk with Mo Orr. We have so much to talk about, so many topics to cover. So before we get started, this will be the perfect time to tell anyone and everyone that is not watching or listening to go watch the show and listen to my damn podcast. Oh yeah, we have a great show lined up for you today and a very special guest waiting in the wings and anxious to get started. But first, this podcast is brought to you by The Jerky Zone. When you're looking for that high protein pack snack to get your back on track, oh yeah, the next stop is The Jerky Zone and intro wheels, where custom rims make your classic cars come to life. And lastly, Advantage Capital Management, where the plus in the logo signifies above and beyond commitment to adding value to the investments by providing A-plus impact to the world we touch. You can also watch this podcast on our app, www.thsn.today. Watch, submit, and share. Download the app. Yeah, and if you're in the gym and you're working out or you're on the treadmill like Mary or on your elliptical, you can listen to the show on Apple and Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, and Spotify. I say a pleasure getting to know you, but you have to work harder. Let's get to it. Today's topic is beating the odds. My guest today is a best-selling author for his, with his book called Beating the Odds, From Poverty to Prominence, you know, which, by the way, you can grab on Amazon for $19.99 in paperback and a few other platforms, and I'm still waiting on my copy. You got that, Ira? All right. He is also nominated for a national award for Athletic Director of the Year and the current AD of Gulliver Prep in Miami, in Miami Florida. My lists and accolades could go on and on and on, but please welcome Ira Childress to Talk the Talk. What's going on, sir? How are you today? Mo, it's great to be here with you. Um, 
it's exciting to be here with you. This is a, this is a good good platform and and an outstanding show. Man, hey, thank you so much, man. It's been it's been a long time coming. I've been having you in my sights um, to get you onto the show, and now I got you. So don't take off the handcuffs. Don't take off the tape because we're gonna get to it. Look, every uh, great superhero has a sidekick. Batman had his Robin, and my Robin today is the CTO of the high school narrative, Tony Rosignal. What's going on, Tony? How are you today? Hey, Mo, here in the background, just hanging out. Got an exciting day, baby. Looking fun. Got a lot of guests today. It's gonna be a good day, Mo. It's gonna be a good day. Look, you're looking, you're looking good in that tie, coach. Hey, man, look, I tried to tell Ira before we got started today is, that I've learned that when you go out for an interview, you have to look and dress as sharp as the person that will be interviewing you. Look at Ira. So boom, I didn't break out the bow tie, Ira. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't get it in time. Amazon said overnight, but that meant three weeks due to the pandemic. <laughs> I gotta say, every time that I see Ira, which is every Wednesday, he looks sharp, man. Every single time, man. So I, I appreciate it. I look, I'm not a psychic, but I knew you would come on my show dressed like that today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> look, real quick, man. You know, you're 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 a really uh, popular person, and I know we're going to talk about the National AD uh, Zoom call that we do uh, that you do every uh, Wednesday, and uh, you know, and you have a work wife. You know, I call it the quarantine work wife that you deal with. So. First off, this person wants to say hi to you really, really quickly um, because I know she has a call to get on to. So, Amanda, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can't see you, but I can hear you. <laughs> I'm driving. Sorry. Oh, driving is okay. Look, I wanted you to pop in real quick just to say what's up to Ira. I finally got him on the show. I had to kidnap Amanda for at least two days to get her, to get me in contact with her, to get her, to get him on the show. So now you can say hi. Hi, Ira. Hey, W, how are you? <laughs> I'm driving, so I apologize you can't see me, but um, just saying hello. <laughs> awesome, hope you're doing well. Uh, always enjoy working with you, and um, I'll call you later. Awesome, sounds great, Ira. Hey, thanks, Amanda, for stepping in real quick. We just wanted to uh, put you on the spot real quick just to say hi to Ira. <laughs> no problem. Thanks. All right, guys. Have fun. Drive safely. And to the listeners out there, listen, don't text <laughs> and drive. But you can Zoom and drive, just so you know. All right. Uh, Ira, so uh, talk to me. So you, you're in Miami right now, right? Mm -hmm. I, I want to say... Are you from Detroit or you were just in Detroit? I was in Detroit. I'm from Michigan originally, though. I am from Michigan as well there, Ira. I am from okay. Detroit, Michigan. Uh, west side? East side, west side, or suburbs? East side of Detroit. And I was there for a while growing up. And then my mom and dad said, listen, we're moving on up. And then we moved to the inner city of South Central Los Angeles. So I don't know how that was going <laughs> I don't know how that was moving on up, but okay. Uh, We're at South Central. Uh, I was actually off 111th and and Normandy and, and Bud Long, so I was in I was literally in the hood, man. So what school district is that? I went to Washington Prep with okay. Jordan Kenna. Okay. 
Yeah, you, they had the George McKenna story at one time that was on uh, national TV. So it was it was cool. Um, so you were once at I, I know you, what was the name of that school that you were at? Okemos, I think. Okemos you were High School. You, you you hit it right there in Michigan. Yeah, that's in Lansing, Michigan, or in the suburbs of Lansing, Michigan, um, which is the state capital of Michigan. And you, you were there for about six years, I, I, I believe. Yep. Oh, awesome, um, man! I, I was watching. I was watching the interview that you were doing, and uh, uh, one of the guys said that, or I heard you say that most of your athletes had a three point five or better GPA. Uh, I don't know if that was the entire time where you were there, or during the time that you were there. That is a, a hell of an accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, we um, really stress academics. You know, um, that's something that's very important to us. That's one of our pillars, you know, to success in our athletic department because, you know, always tell our student athletes, no matter what you're doing from an athletic standpoint, one day the ball will stop bouncing. There's an expiration date on everything that you're doing, you know, from an athletic standpoint, but your academics and your success in the classroom will take you that much further. So. Um, you know, athletics honestly changed my life, but academics changed my life even more. Athletics was the vehicle to help change my life. But from an academic standpoint, um, that was something that really, really got me over the hump. Do you think that a, a, a lot of times we, we miss the mark sometimes where athletes might not understand the importance of education? Because, you know, if you really think about it, 2% of the uh, high school players or athletes out there are going Division One, right? And then um, there's even a smaller percentage, and, I, and I'm sure you can talk uh, to that when it comes to trying to play professionally, whether it be the NFL or the NBA or the NHL or, or whatnot. So um, did you carry that as well over to uh, Gulliver? Yeah, I carry that in Gulliver. Our student athletes are doing really well here. We had a 3.45 GPA overall. So outstanding um, as well here from an academic standpoint. And, and you know, that's what it's all about. You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll share a, a little story. Um, and I'll try to give you the, the cliff note version of this if you have a minute. Of course. Um, so I grew up, um, you know, in, in, you know, poverty, public housing, the whole nine yards, um, my mom did, you know, an outstanding job the best she could do, but it was just tough, you know, it was really tough growing up. So um, sports early on, I knew that I was pretty good at it. And I always felt like uh, my goal was to make it to the NFL. Um, that, that was my big goal. I was a big football uh, student athlete, um, you know, you know, played it when I got in high school. I ended up being, you know, all state, all American, um, had a lot of great accolades and a lot, a lot of great honors in football, had a chance to play college football, um, you know, enjoyed that, enjoyed that process. But then when I, when my, my college football days were finally over, you know, I had, a, you know, I, you know, I did a few trials, combine, regional stuff. And um, I remember an NFL scout telling me, saying, hey, you know what? We love everything you did, the testing, everything looked good, you ran fast. He said, but we have guys that can do exactly what you just did today. You did well. They're like 6'2 or 6'3. So um, <laughs> that's when my, uh, you know, I was just really down and dunk because that was really my dream. That was my whole dream coming up. And so, but, you know, I stayed, obviously finished my education, 
went on to get my um, bachelor's degree and master's degree at Fair State University, and then worked at the university for a while, and then had an opportunity to go to the NCAA national office, um, which was a great opportunity to work at the NCAA, work with student athletes and coaches from around the country. Um, and, and while I was there, um, we did some several coaching programs with assistant coaches working with them to become head coaches. And we, you know, one of the programs we did, we teamed up with the NFL because um, they were trying to help the players transition out who were retiring or transitioning out to go into coaching. So we had this program, so we, we partnered with them, you know, and I became a liaison for them. And so I remember when I first started, um, they, they wanted to have a meeting, you know, with us. So we, we flew out to, um, to the NFL, to New York City. NFL at that time was located at Two Way Park Avenue. I remember getting off the plane at JFK and you know getting the, getting the limo and heading over to the, the NFL headquarters, um, walking in there and seeing all the big time NFL executives. Um, and they said the lady said, "Hey, they're waiting for you for you for the meeting down the hall." So I dipped into the bathroom before I before I went to the meeting. I pulled out my cell phone and I and I called my mother. And I said, Mom, you would never guess. And she said, what? And she said, what's going on? She was nervous because she's like, it was a weird time I was calling. I was like, I made it to the NFL. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, uh, and she just uh, started really crying. I started crying. And uh, I told her what I was doing. And she was just so proud because, and that's for all the kids out there. You know what? The dreams may not come true the way you, you envision them. But they will eventually come true if you can stay the course. And that's where academics and education can really change your life and, and get you into a, a different stratosphere. Hey, so here's what I took from that, baby. You never said, you never said, actually, I want to play in the NFL. You said, I want to make it to the NFL. Right, right. So <laughs> you're right. You you made you accomplished that dream. Look, that's a big check mark. You can check that box off real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and of course I wanted to play, but sometimes you get there in a different way. You know, yeah. and and this staying power and me working at the NCAA and being a being the liaison to and working with the NFL, um, that has really shaped my career and and, and opened so many doors. And I, I could tell you that. You know, when I first started getting ready for your show, you know, I talked about the networking aspect of it. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, look, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the, the, the national AD calls that, that, is, that takes place every um, Wednesday. And one thing I get to see sitting in the background on that is the power of relationships that are built, you know, with Brian Kelly and, and the, the Heisman Trophy when the Desmond Howard on the call and all these different people that you get to come and, and help make an impact on other ADs throughout the country. That does just, that, that just doesn't happen by coincidence. It's, you know, it's about relationship building that you, um, have taken and, and and done over your career. When you talk about networking, look, I've been to networking events, man, right? I, I am an outgoing person. I talk to everybody. One thing I don't do is just hand out a card, right? Because, you know, 
my experience, you know, cars eventually end up in the trash, right? Can you talk about your way of, of, of networking and, and things that you think are important for people to really understand about networking? Yeah, from a networking standpoint, you must make meaningful and authentic connections. You know, everyone can give you a card and shake your hand, but what does that mean? Have you had a conversation with that individual? I, I tell student athletes and students who are coming out of school at the college level, make sure if you're interested in the field, you call somebody up that's in that field and say, hey, listen, can I get 30 minutes of your time? And the only reason I want 30 minutes of your time because I want you to kind of tell me your story and help me get to where you are one day. And most of the time, people will do that. They'll agree to that. And, and when you get them on, they'll, you know, they'll talk for it. It may take a little bit of time to connect with them. But once you do connect with them, you'll get them on. They'll talk with you. And they'll tell you their story. They'll share their background with you to help you. You know, and then once you do that, usually at the end of that conversation, it goes something like this. Oh, man, this is a great conversation. Let me know if I can ever do anything for you. And then that <laughs> opens the door for an opportunity for you to follow up later and network with them. Not just when you need something, but just keep them, let them know your progress. Hey, you know what? I did get that internship. Oh, I did get my first job. Oh, now I'm over here. And that's what I've tried to do with a lot of people throughout the years is make those real meaningful connections that is more than just a networking thing. It's a real authentic relationship. And when you build relationships with people, um, that that that's everything. Man, it, it, it's it's so interesting to, to, to hear you talk about that because you're right. It's about the authenticity that people have when they are building those relationships. It, 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 example. You know, you get you walk into work, you see somebody, a colleague, you say good morning, they say good morning, and then you follow that up with, hey, so uh, how was your weekend? And typically, it's say, oh, it was good. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, really. How was your weekend? Right? And and and, and digging into, because it could have been a great weekend, with, you know, especially with all the stuff that's going on right now, they probably really have something they really want to talk about and share with somebody, and they haven't done it yet. Right? So... Building those really solid foundations are really important. And you said follow up with an email or phone call. Well, phone call first and then, you know, email or I don't know. We're not in the days of handwritten letters, but why not write a letter or something to somebody, right? Right, right. And I think I think it's tough for people sometimes to let people in because, you know, we're in society where we're taught to be skeptical and cynical in terms of, you know, is this what is this person's real agenda? You know what I mean? So if you yeah. come in with an agenda of saying, hey, listen, I'm just trying to get information. I'm trying to, you know, build my career. I'm trying to get to where you are. I need, I'm just, I need your help. Most people are willing to help people. So you, so you said you went to Ferris State? Yep. And, and then you also worked there? Mm-hmm. What took you back to, to working at Ferris State? Yeah, when I, when I finished my career, um, at Ferris, my undergrad, I got an um, offer from the then vice president of the university saying, hey, listen, we like some of the things you did in undergrad. Now um, there's an opportunity for you to stay here, do an internship, and then maybe get a full-time opportunity after that, and we'll pay for your master's degree as well. 
So I was like, man, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I don't have a job yet. I'll take the internship. And I went and, and got my master's. And then I got the full-time job and I stayed there and ended up um, getting three promotions in five years and the rest is history. But, but again, that was the relationship that I built with that vice president over time. I remember when I, I had something on campus that I was trying to do. I was trying to do a TV show, um, a coach's show, and we needed a backdrop for it. And it was going to cost about $10,000 to really do it right. And I went and met with the president of the university, and he, he kind of punted and said, listen, I like your idea. I like everything you want to do, but you need to meet with the vice president. He's the one who co controls the finances and, and see if we have it in the budget. And so I set up four or five meetings. Um, it didn't work out. He wasn't there. I kept coming back. He wasn't there. I kept coming back. He wasn't there. The secretary, I came back about eight or nine times to find the secretary and said, listen, you come at this time, I'm going to make sure he was there. I think she was tired of me coming, <laughs> <She was> tired <laughs> of me coming back bothering her. But, but ultimately, he was there. And when I met with him, you know, he kind of joked with me, but I think he was serious and said, hey, listen, I wanted to see how many times you were going to come back. I wanted to see how important this was to you. I get a lot of people who come with me with ideas, but then if it doesn't work out, then they're on to the next. He said, well, you demonstrated this was important to you. So, you know, so I laid out the plan. We ended up doing it, and we got the backdrop of the TV show. But then he remembered me when I was trying to graduate and remembered that stick to itness and remembered that hustle that I had and said, hey, you know what? Do you want an opportunity to work here? And then that's how it all uh, got started. Awesome, man. Hey, and, and just so you know, if you ever need whatever job path you take in your life, if you ever need technical guy, I got somebody I can tip on you for a small fee of $5 an hour. <laughs> hey, Tony, I'm just trying to get you some work, buddy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mo, if, if five bucks an hour, I'll take it tomorrow. <laughs> Actually, I, I, on second thought, I'll go right now. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. So I, I kind of want to uh, talk to you about your book, man. Beating the Odds from Poverty to uh, Prominence. Um, what was the inspiration? Uh, everybody has a, mo a moment, you know, you, you know, I call it the toilet moment. You sit on the toilet, you have an idea, you're like, boom, I figured it out, right? What, what made you want to write this book and, and what was your goal uh, going into it? The, the goal was, you know, to try to help people. But back to that again, you know, um, I wanted, you know, if one or two young people out there uh, can pick up this book and say, hey, you know what? Um, this inspired me to keep going. Because I think a lot of times people see me now and they see the, the nice suits and they hear me talking and they see, you know, me in these different roles in my professional career. And all of that's nice. But they don't realize, they just realize the journey that it took to get there. There was so many trials and tribulations, ups and downs, winding road. Um, statistics say I grew up in the poorest county in the state of Michigan. Lake County statistics say that I was not supposed to make it. I was not supposed to be a college graduate. I was not supposed to be here talking to you today. I was not supposed to do all, a lot of the things that I accomplished in my life. The numbers say I wasn't supposed to get there. And that's why I call it beating the odds because the odds were stacked against us. You know, being four African-American kids, you know, that grew up in public housing, it was, it was going to be tough to, to, to get to 
where I'm at today, where I'm looking out my um, my window here at the water in Miami, Florida. You know, it's you know it's a long road. It took twenty some years to get that view. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a struggle. So my point is, the book was inspired by the ability to be able to help others and the ability to be able to say, hey, you know what? Here's a path. Here's a blueprint. If somebody's in the same situation or similar situation, because a lot of people are in similar situations than situation that I came from and I grew up in, here's a blueprint to make. And you know, I talk about a lot of things in that book, not just success. I talk about failure. I, you know, I, I talk about um, gaining multiple failures. You talk yeah, about. I talk about a lot of different things in there to to let people know it's not easy. You know, and so so that that was the uh, motivation. I don't know if you read the book, had a chance to read some of it, but but that was that was the motivation. I said this book is meant to inspire people, including young people coming from underprivileged backgrounds, to dream beyond their surroundings and commit to reaching those dreams. I think it's so so important for people to really understand when you are going or living your life as a young teenager or a young kid in poverty, you have no idea that you are poor because your parents don't come to you and say, hey, just so you know, I'm looking a little crazy, but we're about three months behind on this rent. <laughs> you know what I mean? As a kid, that's not something they come in and telling you, you know, so that you go, now go on to school, have a good day, right? That's not happening like that. You feel like it's normal. You know, you, the, the love that you got or you know, the, the hard love and the tough love that you're getting from your parents or whatnot is something that you're going to go through. And yes, who said that you were supposed to make it growing up in the inner city of Detroit? And, you know, I, I started the show talking about, you know, the way we're dressed and stuff like that. But it's, it's not something that you see his picture on his book. That, that's Ira. If I saw Ira in something, if he go to the gym and don't have a bow tie on, I'm going to say, what's the problem? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so, look, just so you guys know, you can grab that book on Amazon. There's a couple other platforms. I saw that um, he, you can get his book. We'll get that information out. Um, but it, it, it's, a, it's a, a good, easy read. And I think for a lot of athletes out there understanding that everybody has a dream you have a dream that you want to uh, make it to the NFL and you heard that story from Ira himself you know at some point the, the, the ball stopped bouncing or stopped flying or it doesn't get kicked anymore so you have to really look at at your future so um, make sure you guys go out and, and pick up the book um, I, I know we're going to take a, a, a quick break in just a second um, but I kind of want to talk to you about Gulliver Prep and, and how it's the pandemic has affected you uh, personally and, and sports and stuff like that. Um, Tony, I think we'll go to break real quick and then we'll come back and, and start off there um, if you don't mind. So, hey, once again, I'm here with Ira Childress, uh, Childress the AD of uh, Gulliver Prep in Miami, Florida, um, and also the author of a, a wonderful book uh, titled Beating the Odds from Poverty to Prominence. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Looking for that high protein pack snack to get you back on track? The next stop, the Jerky Zone. Hey, Kenny Nash here, owner of the Jerky Zone. Looking to make 50% profit back on your dollars? 
Contact us today at thejerkyzone.com. Tired of selling chocolates and wrapping paper out of catalogs? Give the Jerky Zone a try. Looking for that high protein pack snack to get you back on track? The next stop, the Jerky Zone. First thing that I see when I open up my iPad is the home that I grew up in, in the west side of Detroit. Home is where everything starts. It's where our hopes and dreams uh, are formed. To all of our residents uh, who live at uh, one of Avana's apartment communities, thank you for uh, choosing Avana to be where your home is located. The number one priority we have is your safety and health, and we're doing everything we can to make our communities and your home safe and healthy. Hi, this is Wesley Wilson, Chief Financial Officer at Avanit, and this is Josiah. We just want to thank all of our residents for their continued support during this unprecedented time. Hello, this is June Sakamoto. I would like to thank our residents and on-site team members for all that you do during this very difficult time. Hi there, this is John Williams, President and Chief Investment Officer of Avanit. I want to thank all our residents for your patience and kindness during this hugely difficult times. Thank you to the residents for placing your confidence in us to take care of your homes. Hi, I'm Pat from Human Resources, and I just wanted to extend the message of thank you to our incredible workforce. In this pandemic, there have been many heroes out there, including health workers and first responders. Our band of team members that are on-site are my heroes. We want to thank our community managers, our assistant managers, leasing specialists, and maintenance staff. You guys are our superheroes. We wouldn't be able to get through this without you guys. Your sacrifice, your commitment has been great. You are a very important part of the Abanath family. We miss seeing you, and we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Remember to wash your hands and to wear your mask. A special thank you to our maintenance and leasing and management teams, as well as our corporate staff for working so hard to make sure that our residents' homes are taken care of and safe. I also want to thank all my colleagues in property management and our maintenance techs who have worked tirelessly to serve you to make sure that you have a safe, clean place to live. I am very proud of the way our team members have responded to this challenge by being available to our residents and ensuring everyone's health and safety. This has been challenging times to say the least for all of us, but our workforce at Abanath has just stepped up and consistently continued to create a, an environment where there's messages of love and commitment and dedication to not only each other, but to our residents. And we just really appreciate all of your efforts and all of your loyalty and just wanted to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. So thank you again for your patience. We really appreciate it. I hope that you all are staying healthy and finding some joy in these difficult times. Thank you for a fantastic job well done. Our leadership team is here for you and available to answer any concerns or questions you have. Thank you. Gracias. Thank you.
What up? What up? Welcome back. How was that break? 30 minutes? Now, maybe 15. You know, I know in California, with the way to work is and all the laws of the labor laws, I have to give, I have to give Tony a 10 minute break. I have to give him a 10 minute break. If you don't take a break, then there's trouble on me. I, I, don't, I don't need stuff coming back on me, just so you know. Um, awesome. Listen, I'm still here with Ira. You know, on the break, you know, me and Ira kind of talk about some stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, hey, just so you know, it is a movement, not a moment. That's all I'm going to say about it right now. You know what I'm saying? But more to come. Did you hear it? Mo to come. <laughs> uh, hey, Iris, thank you for sticking around, man. I really appreciate it. Um, couple things I want to talk about. So I, I know we were talking about um, the building relationships, and we talked about your book, um, Beating the Odds, um, going into the break. Uh, one thing I want to talk about real quick, I, I want to talk about the, the National AD uh, Resource Zoom call. That is every Wednesday, 10 o'clock. Pacific Standard Time, one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, can you tell us about that and, and how it's going and and how it got started and and, and what you guys wanted uh, to to do with that? Yeah, it got started. Um, I was uh, fielding some calls from some athletic directors asking right at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, how, you know how I was handling it, and so I started thinking, you know what, I need to 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 do some type of form or platform and call. So I inboxed um, my good friend Amanda and I said, hey, what do you think about doing a Zoom call, um, you know, nationally with ADs? And, and before I could finish, just before I hit, right after I hit send, she emailed me uh, super fast, right back and said, I'm in. And so uh, once that happened, we just kind of put our heads together and um, started coming up with the agenda. and. And you know we've been you know going ever since, and it's been a it's been a great ride. We've been able to help a lot of people along the way, and that was the whole goal. It's just you know collaborate, come up with ideas, come up with concepts, have special guests on to really be able to help ads across the country navigate this landscape. You know, and it's been a tough tough landscape for everybody. We haven't had any sports since the beginning of March. And uh, it's been, you know, it's been, it's been very tough, but, but we've gotten through it together and, and we've stuck together and, you know, and it's been, it's been good from a standpoint of being able to stick together through a terrible circumstance. Yeah. So you guys also have a website. What, what is that website? Again, I don't want to get it incorrect. National AD Resource uh, Network.com. National AD Resource Network.com. And uh, there's a lot of information on there and that gets all free. Um, there's no charge for any of this. Uh, Amanda and I are doing this um, out of the goodness of our heart. Man, I, I, look, and, and I'm on the call. Uh, Tony and I sit in the background and we're on the call. And I'm not a, I'm not an athletic director. You know, that's not what I do. You know, I've, I've been an official for, for over 20 years, you know, in the, in the high school and college ranks um, for basketball. Uh, Tony and uh, his wife, Mary, has been in the high school and the education sector for over 20 and 30 years. Um, so understanding what you guys are doing from an athletic director standpoint is in our wheelhouse. Here's what I don't understand is why it's only a few hundred people on the call. You know what I mean? Like if I was an AD and I heard about this call, 
I would be running to my computer or my cell phone or my iPad to listen because I think that with the minds that are on those calls, you are able to gain so much knowledge to make your program better, right? You know, you get these ideas and and I hear you guys talk about all the time. Look, we don't have all the answers, but we can try to point you in the right directions to get some of those answers. And, you know, look, when you when you guys are competing against each other, of course, you don't want to give out secrets, right? But when you guys are, when it's about a program, especially how to operate during this pandemic and the things that you see and, and need to help each other, you guys are kind of trying to feed these people this information. Are you guys going to try to continue this once the pandemic ends? What, what's your what's your plans for that? Yeah, that's the goal. We're going to try to continue at least throughout the summer, and then we'll see how it you know how it is in the fall once things start start back up again, hopefully. But we're definitely going to continue throughout the summer. It's been going so well, and um, it's been so good. We just we don't want to stop doing. It. And you've been getting national notoriety. I didn't I didn't see it in in papers on news channels and. Um, is gaining a lot of traction. I think that, uh, you know, I think that you were also, um, like I said, you were nominated for uh, AD of the, of the Year. And I think, I, I want to say that you've been nominated for the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I'm, in, I'm in one Hall of Fame in my high school. Um, yeah, so, but 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 yeah, National AD of the Year twice uh, nominated, I mean, uh, finalist uh, twice. They didn't actually give the award out this year because of the pandemic. But, but it was great to be a finalist for that. It just shows the hard work of not only me, but a lot of people that are working with me. So um, kudos to, to, to all the people. But yeah, those are great accolades. But, but I think the biggest thing we're in this business for is to be able to help people. And that's what we can do on that national AD call every week. And, and to me, that's exciting. Very, very exciting, man. Um, so, Look, our platform, we're talking about bullying, depression, anxiety, teen suicide, um, which are all very important topics to us and are very prominent in, in high schools. You know, we, we, we're working together with uh, a company called 417 Recovery, which helps uh, adolescents and, and teens and their families um, through recovery from any of those uh, topics. It is something very prominent in high schools. Is, is that something that you might see, you know, going on in some high schools? How do you, how do, how does your program or your schools or your uh, um, in the area of where you guys are? How do they uh, address those things and, and see those things um, from you guys' standpoint and your vantage point? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's tough. Obviously, we, you know, we have um, great counselors. And so obviously if any of those things come up, we, we advise them to go to our counselors and, and, and get help and, and, and they do an outstanding job in that area. Um, I think, you know, anytime you're working with youth and, and or adults as well, there are always gonna be, you know, some, some tough circumstances like the things that you mentioned. But I, I think the biggest thing is, is to try to um, get help. And it sounds like you guys are doing a really good job on your network of, of, of providing resources and, and helping helping people with that with, with, with the whole process. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's really really important to us, man. Um, and I and I just wanted to kind of ask that question, you know. And I know some of those topics are are really tough, uh, you know, going on in in our uh, 
school systems and, and stuff like that. So, and sometimes it's, it's hard and, you know, it's tough conversations sometimes, you know, for parents and, and stuff like that. So um, just want to kind of ask you about that. Um, so I, I heard you talk, you were talking to, uh, you were at Fair State and, and talking to a, a class and you, you talked about some very interesting points. The first one was, does your experience match your dream? Kind of talk to me about that and, and what you were um, trying to get them to take from that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, I want to work in sports when I graduate from college. That's my goal. I want to be an athletic director. I want to be in sports marketing. I want to be in um, fundraising or whatever the case may be, but I want to work in athletic. Well, what are you doing on the undergraduate level to to achieve those things? Are you doing internships right now in your athletic department? Are you working in other athletic departments? Are you working with a high school AD to shadow that him or her? Um, I mean, what, what are you doing other than taking classes to put yourself in position so when you do graduate, you have some type of experience, you can get that entry level uh, job in sports. So that's what I meant by that. I mean, sometimes, you know, students, you know, at the college level, you know, they maybe have good grades, but they, they don't have the experiences, enough internships and enough job shadowing, things of that nature to get to the career they want to get to right so away. You talked about internships and you, and you, and you, you mentioned that a couple of times. How important are those? Uh, how many internships would somebody try and do? Or, you know, if, if you know, they apply for this internship and, you know, they really don't have anything for them, how persistent should they be? It should be very persistent. I think you should do try to do two or three um, at least while you're in college. And even if they're not paid, you know, sometimes you have to go out and do it. You know, I, I hear a lot of people say, well, they're not paid. You know, if you can get by, you know, maybe you have to work another job and then do the internship you know, because that, that's important. That experience that you get in internships is critical to, to where you're going to land, you know, in, early in your career. And if you don't get on an internship, it makes it very hard to jump right from college with no experience into a, a career in sports or any other career. So I would advise um, student athletes and students to try to do internships, even early, you know, you know, sophomore year, junior year, and senior year. You know I mean? It doesn't have to be all, I wouldn't wait till my senior year to start doing internships. So it sounds like you're basically saying build a resume in college, right? So right. Sometimes they don't realize that, right? Right, right, yeah. Because when you get out, you know, it's, it's tough. Then it might, might, be a, might be a little too late. Not, or, or I ain't gonna say it's too late, but you're behind the eight ball at that point, right? Right, right. You're, right. you're competing against people that are graduating at the top of their class just like you or whatnot, right? Exactly. Um, I heard you also talk about interest versus passion. Um, talk to me about that. You know, you know, sometimes you, you know, you do things because oh, that seems interesting. Uh, you know, I'll do it, but but that won't be enough. That won't be enough when you're really trying to, you know, get that career going. You have to have a true passion. The reason I'm able to work in sports and you know the, the little success that I've had is because I'm passionate about it. I wake up thinking about it. I go to bed thinking about it. it, it it's, it's a passion. It's a true passion of mine versus something, hey, you know what? I'm just kind of interested in. You know, I mean, you know, the long hours that we work as an athletic director, you can't do this job for a long time and consistently if you don't have that true passion, if you're just interested. Yeah, because, look, I, I've always heard, and I hear it time and time again, if you find something that you love 
love doing, then you'll never work a day in your life. Ever. <laughs> so that because people have a lot of interest, you know, I'm interested in a whole lot of stuff, but don't mean I want to sit there and do it for the rest of my life. <laughs> right, right, right. That's that's the, to to be able to distinguish between the two is very important. Yeah. Um, you also talked about um, over delivering. Um, so we were, I, I just had uh, a couple on the Gillises and uh, they're in the uh, helping building their brand, you know, with their families and stuff like that. And um, Leslie was talking to me about, because they're homeschooling their children. And she was talking, I said, when did you guys figure it out? And, you know, she was like, well, I was at the school and I'm, I'm helping and my daughter's coloring outside the lines. And the teacher kept telling her to color inside the line, color inside the line. And I was telling Leslie, I'm like, you know, I figured that out a long time ago. You tell me I have to get up early to go to school. You tell me I have to catch the bus. You tell me I have to do this. You tell me I have to do this. Now you're going to tell me that I have to color inside the lines? Don't you think that is a little restricting? You know what I mean? Like you're limit, giving me some limits on, on what I should have to do. So I heard you talked about um, innovating and, and over-delivering. Kind of talk to me uh, about what that means and, and how it helps kids. Yeah, I feel like you have to over-deliver because to me, if you want to really make an impact and to really make a difference in whatever career you're, you're doing, you don't just want to be the person that, that goes in and does his, does his or her job and that's it. You know, because if I'm the supervisor, I'm the boss, I'm the person that's looking, you know, looking over what you're doing, I'm saying, hey, you know what, that's good, they're doing the job, but but I want the person that's going above and beyond. You know, I want the person that's going to be creative. I want the person that's going to, you know, you know, tell me, you know, hey, what, you know, you need to think about this, or hey, I thought about this, let's do this. Remember, you, you're considered to be an expert in that field. Yeah. I, mean, I think it was the, the lazy job that said, Hey, you hire people, you hire good people, um, so not so you can tell them what to do, so they can tell you what to do. You know, and I think that's very important. The only way you can be in that role, you know, as far as telling people what to do, is if you over deliver. You know, and I've always, you know, been under the mindset of, you know, if somebody hires me, they're gonna get what they hired me for, and then some. You know, and I think that's very important. Really, really important. Look, and you talk about all the things you did. You had a, a long journey to to your career, you know, from from writing the book and and talking about those things. I think you said you you did a, a sports radio show um, at one point, and also did a, a, a TV show. Um, I think it was called In Between the Lines or something like that. Um, why why did you create that, and, and and why did you dabble in those for a little bit? What what what? How did it help your your journey? Yeah, I had a, my undergrad degrees in communication, so I always had, you know, the uh, desire to write. I always had a desire to speak. I always had a desire to, you know, communicate, whether it be on television, on the radio, or in, in, you know, writing a column or whatever. So I, I dabble in all of the, all three of those areas. But but I really enjoyed doing sports on TV. I enjoyed doing sports on the radio. Um, I really knew I wanted to work in sports. And so those are the first avenues that I could use my communications degree in and helping. Um, and on our campus at Fair State University at the time, I created a sports show for coaches because I saw that around the country, coaches were having sports shows, but we didn't have one at Ferris. Again, over-delivering, finding that need. 
you know, and that's what I was able to do with in between the lines and and I really took off and, and they they still do it to this day at Paris. It's called a different name, but they, the show was the uh, the show still exists. So so you just want to create things that aren't there. You want to give yourself an opportunity to fill voids that that, that need to be filled. But they better still they better be giving you some credit for creating that, that damn show. You know what I'm saying? Tell them that you want some residuals. <laughs> It's actually getting syndication rights, Mo. It's still going. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. Hey, so you talk sports. So you're in you're in Florida. You guys kind of opened up. I mean, I don't know. I think everything's open in Florida. And uh, NBA is coming back July 31st. And um, I know they have golf tournaments out there. How important do you think do you think that is? Although you know, no fans uh, right now, and I think they'll kind of figure that part out. But how important do you think it is to, to get sports started, you know, back out there for people that are still sitting at home? I think it's important. I think, but you have to be careful. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. You want to do it with social distancing. You want to be careful, um, you know. And, and so I think, I think obviously, we're not back started with high school yet. We're still taking that slow, um, taking our time, you know, with that process. Eventually, I do think everything will be back. Um, I don't think they'll be back with fans necessarily. We don't know that yet. I think that's going to take some time. But but I think above all, you have to be careful. You have to, you know, you don't want people to put student athletes and coaches' health at risk just to play sports. Yeah, man, I think my Lakers are coming out there to win the chip, just so you know. And, look, I don't know how you feel. You, you from Detroit, just like me. For me, I think my parents didn't want to tell me. I think we left because the teams were just so bad that <laughs> – let me let me clear something up. I, I know you mentioned this earlier. Too. I'm not from Detroit. I'm from Michigan. But, oh, from but Michigan. I know that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm from a place called Baldwin, Michigan, which is even even tougher. I'm poor than Detroit. Imagine imagine that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, so it, you it, moved it, on up a little yeah, bit. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so who, who are you a fan of? What, great what's your but, I, but, I, but I was still I was still a fan of. Of the Detroit teams, obviously it's Michigan, you know. So yeah. you know, you know, Detroit or not, but but no, it, it's 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 great, um, you know, that that the NBA kind of figured that out, and they're gonna be quarantined, you know, in Orlando, and, and that should be that should be very good. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of having a problem because look, my Lakers still have to, they still have to travel all the way to the East Coast, right? And they, what are they gonna do about home court advantage? That's so. Milwaukee don't have to go that far, you know. I, I, I Miami, I, I think Miami's in the in the hunt to be in the right. playoffs, right? Hello, that's home, that's home court. Even if they're number four or number five now, right? We're playing in in Florida. I right. think I got a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, but the problem is with that is there's no fans. So you know whether you're you know playing in Florida, LA, wherever, there's nobody to you know to cheer and give you that true home court advantage. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think they're gonna they're gonna try to figure something out to slide. Oh well, we gonna let the families in. You know, we gonna let them cluster and stuff like that. <laughs> look, just so happy, look, they say no fans. Of course, the Heat gonna play. And now there's 10,000 people just walking around the facility. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there you go. Um, look, hey, just so you guys know, THSN store. that's our East Bay uh, team store right there. Go ahead and support us. Uh, you get 20% off. Look, Ira, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. 
Look, thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to my annoying voice. You know, please join me again next time where my goal is to make you smile, make you cry, and or make you laugh. But if neither of those happen, my goal is to educate and encourage. My podcast will be covering any and everything from high school education, high school sports and athletes, and all the things around our adolescents. I will continue to interview educators, athletic directors, and people that want to make a difference and impact your lives. My hope is to share my passion for education, high school extracurricular activities, and higher learning. We will continue to cover topics that will further our educators, build our community around education, and topics that may save a life or stop the bullying. If you are out there and you are feeling alone, depressed, suicidal, or need some help, or just need to talk to someone, please pick up the phone and call any hotline or call our partners at 417 Recovery. Find me on social media anywhere on Twitter, at Mo underscore or, that's with two R's, or on Instagram, Mo, the HS Narrative, and make sure to subscribe and comment on any podcast app. I will leave you with this. Take some time and do something nice for someone else. In turn, someone will do something nice for you. Stand up for those that may be weak and be a voice for change. Stay motivated, pun intended, and remember, when adversity comes, look it straight in the eye and say, I'm strong, I'm loved, and I will overcome you. I got to go. You have been watching and listening to Talk to Talk with Mo Orr for Tony and Ira Childress. I'm Mo. Until next time, be good to one another. So what is Blast Athletic? Blast is an online network that connects team websites, athlete showcases, and the best sports fundraiser on the planet. In other words, we created a team website and app where teams can not only communicate through shared calendars and announcements, but also build a community by writing recaps, selecting MVPs, sharing highlight videos, posting photos, scores, stats, and much more. Everything your team posts to your team website will automatically connect to each athlete's individual blast showcase, building their sports resumes in real time. Athlete showcases were designed with coaches and scouts to specifically enable accurate and thorough athlete analysis from anywhere in the nation. Then, each week, Blast takes that same content your team posted and sends out an email update to each sponsor, focusing on the athlete they support. Trust us, Grandma would rather have a photo a week than any amount of cookie dough.